Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hi, this is Anka Corbin. You are listening to the Globig Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about tips for working effectively with international remote teams. And our guest is Gabor Puhala. He's the co-founder and CEO of Profig, which is a company that provides high-quality software engineering services to agile software companies with offices in Prague, Czech Republic, and Silicon Valley. And his companies are primarily based in the U.S. Gabor, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hi, Anke, and thank you for having me here today. Uh, perhaps a, a short introduction from me, too. So as uh, you mentioned, I'm Gabor, and I'm CEO of Profit, and we provide uh, software development and software testing services uh, from the Czech Republic in the EU to uh, innovative tech companies in the United, uh, United States. And uh, historically, I'm an IT guy. I, I, I'm in the IT industry for almost uh, 20 years. And if you work in the IT industry, chances are that you will uh, end up working for US companies. And I worked for many US companies, even as an employee prior to establishing uh, uh, Profic. So the nature of the work, uh, of my work, was, was usually uh, distributed uh, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, working with uh, people in the United States, but also working with people in Ireland, working with people in uh, France and uh, or in India, China, uh, across across the globe. Um, so I think that that uh, that would be a short short introduction uh, from me uh, with regards to the topic. Absolutely. So one of the things that I've learned is is working with remote teams is probably the most common way that companies actually do business internationally, right? They're going to hire someone to do some sort of technical work for them or a marketing agency or, you know, just different types of services around the world. And and it's really one of the fastest growing, if not the most um, popular international form of trade, if you will. So within that, I thought there's actually quite a few tips and challenges within that to make sure that you can do a really great job. And I think you're the perfect person to, to help with that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, communication and, and how do you do a great job with communication? What are some of the things that companies should consider? Oh, yeah, definitely. Com- communication is an important topic. If, if you're okay, I would take a step back uh, from uh, from communication uh, and, and I will explain uh, later how communication fits with what I'm trying to say uh, and I wanted to talk about trust uh, so when you work remotely I think trust is crucial uh, you're working with people or for people who don't see you and uh, people who actually uh, know or want to know that uh, even if they don't see you you're doing the best uh in their interest and uh that's a difficult thing right you don't don't see each other and you still trust each other and and trust is a thing that uh doesn't come you know in a in a day it isn't an easy thing to achieve it isn't something that you could explain or you could you could buy this is something that you would build on the long run 
And the good thing is uh, trust doesn't need uh, you to be in the same room. Trust doesn't need uh, you to see each other. You can really build trust uh, trust even, even remotely. And I think communication that you mentioned is one of the important uh, important pieces in building uh, in building trust. Uh, being able to uh, that's a that's the way you you are keeping in uh, keeping in touch. Besides providing some uh, some work work results. Um, so as um, as as far as my experience is concerned. Uh, um, the communication has has a couple of aspects working working remotely. One of them is uh, you, as, as I just mentioned, you just don't see uh, you just don't see each other. Uh, so uh, you have to rely on spoken or, on, or written communication. Or in case of tools, you can you can even even see see each other. But the ways you can communicate uh, are limited, and. Uh, and uh, so there are things you can do on your side uh, to sort of complement or uh, eliminate or at least mitigate those limitations. And uh, one of one of the things are uh, you know one of the, uh, the the things that you can uh, do is is just to make sure you have good tools in place. Uh, and the another thing which I think I find even more important. Is uh, think and work on the way how how you communicate to your customers or or to your colleagues who, who just uh, who just can can see you. And one of the keys, uh, in my experience, are being active, being active in communication. So whenever um, you have some news uh, that the other side doesn't see, uh, share them. Uh, if whenever you have a um, an idea, share share it. Whenever you have a um, an issue, uh, I mean, be active in, in discussing, asking for for an opinion. Whenever you don't understand something clearly or you are not sure, uh, don't be afraid of asking for a confirmation if you understood it well. And I think it never hurts to it, it doesn't hurt to over communicate. Uh, in such an uh, environment, so sometimes even if you understood something well, you think you understood it well, uh, it can be really helpful just to, for example, ask ask for a confirmation. Did I did I understood well what what you just said? And uh, so being being active, I think, could help. Um, so frequency. Frequency matters, right? So the constant community is that a daily thing? Is there is there anything that you find? you know, that some sort of a cadence that's really important or is it just whenever you want to? Well, it is, it is good if, uh, if it, if it comes to, if it's a customer relationship, I think it is good if the customer sees you daily, if, if the customer has an, uh, an idea what you're doing, because sometimes you get, uh, as an engineer, you get a task where you get deep down, you are going to work on something uh, that is technically complex and the customer doesn't hear I mean, if you don't communicate, the customer will not hear from you for a week, and the customer may be wondering: so, is this guy really doing his job, or is he having a problem, or you know, why I'm not hearing mm -hmm. uh, from him? Uh, so, I, I'm not saying uh, you have to have a, a schedule. You know, writing the customer every day at 10 a.m. and at 2 p.m. And, and do this regularly, even if if I don't have anything. 
uh, to communicate. Uh, but being visible daily, being uh, you know sh showing uh, showing the status, uh, uh, so the customer knows what you are working on, and be able to communicate uh, even things that are uh, that are you know that are difficult. So if you are struggling with something, if you have a, a problem, if you are troubleshooting something. Uh, which may take you two, three days. I think it's good to let the customer know, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not responding. Uh, I'm not not speaking, not commu communicating because I have here have a problem here that I need to solve uh, locally, and I'm on it. Uh, bear with me. Uh, bear with me, and I will uh, come back to you. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's best to set expectations kind of at the beginning of the relationship, and so that everyone has a sense of you know, how they're going to talk about difficulties or how information is going to sh be shared or how challenges are going to be addressed, things like that? Uh, I mean, de definitely agree on the way uh, communication will be happening, uh, agree on the tools that will be used, agree on, on the meetings uh, that will be held and the, the, the status reports that will be sent. I mean, that's all important. But I think none of them is going to replace your you you being active in, in communication, you feeling uh, or presenting ownership for the for the work that you do uh, and for the communication uh, you are leading. So I think uh, you have to be um, conscious about the way you are communicating. Uh, don't just passively follow. Uh, don't just passively follow the communication style and communication. Um, uh, processes that were agreed in the beginning. Uh, try to be try to be active uh, and 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 inform the customer about what what you're doing. Uh, one one interesting feedback that I received from a customer of ours. Uh, customers appreciate if you are able to communicate both the good things and the bad things. So if you if you always just say yes if you always just say everything is all right uh, uh that i mean if everything is going all right and 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 you you say everything is going all right that's fine uh but everyone knows uh that uh, you know each job brings difficulties too and if the customer doesn't hear about those difficulties uh that might might sound strange for the customer so one of our customers told me hey gabor I, one of the things i really appreciate from you is is that you are telling me when things are not going well so you, you, you tell me when they are going well but but you tell me also when they are not going well so i'm aware of what's going there uh uh even though i i, I don't see uh i don't see you so to, with that customer i think it helped Building trust, being mm -hmm. being being open to, to those issues that are uh, not going well, uh, help building trust. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's that's something that we probably forget because it's always difficult to share maybe bad news or thing when things aren't going so well, and and sometimes culturally that's not comfortable either, right? Or not you're not sure how to do that best. Have you found any sort of differences in how people, I mean, obviously I think that the culture that you have and the culture that your U.S. customers have is probably more similar, but I know with certain cultures that's a little bit more challenging where 
bad news is 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 not easy to share yeah yeah so i mean uh i think even even within the same culture if you, if you need to deliver uh bad news that comes with a bit of discomfort so i think you uh, some people just have to know or learn how to how to communicate uh how to communicate bad news and it's even more difficult if you uh, if you don't see each other, how to how to deliver those uh, bad news that uh, in a way that you stay constructive, in a way that the the, the person on the other side stays comfortable mm -hmm. uh, with with the situation and, and and believes you have it under control on, on belie or believes that you you are working on it. Uh, that makes uh, sense. So so I, I I don't think I have a good a good uh, recipe for that, uh, but um i mean i think it uh, the, the way you hire or choose your people for collaboration uh matters so i think uh, uh when you when you are looking for people who will be working remotely with with colleagues or with for clients especially for clients it is ex extremely important that you find people who can communicate well and and i don't mean just the language here english but generally have good uh, communication skills and uh who are who are open in a sense that they uh that they can communicate issues openly honestly even if things are not going well and i'm not saying here you should throw all your problems on the customer because uh i mean that when you work for a customer that's why you are there you you want to uh help and bring value uh to the uh to the customer uh but but be open, be be open. Let the let the customer know so the customer is aware and uh, aware of those issues. Mm, excellent. How about some of the other challenges of being remote, such as uh, being in different time zones? What are some thoughts and tips that you have for managing within that very well? Um, so maybe before before I go to the time zone, uh, I just uh, just one afterthought to that. The, the previous one, uh, so to the thought of not throwing the problems on the customer, uh, um, just wanted to finish that thought. So I, I, I think it helps a lot if you, you know, approach problems with the mindset of uh, of trying to find a solution to. So rather than just be pure problem reporters, throwing, you know, identifying problems and letting the customers know every day i have a problem i have a problem i have a problem i have a problem uh look look for solutions so if if, if the solution is within your competency then try to solve it and if it's if it's outside of your competency then try to find your peers who can help you with it or or try to find the people in the organization who can help you with with it so when you go to your customer to talk about a problem uh it in, in an ideal case, you also have some some options in your hand for for the solution. What you could uh, what you could do about that uh, that problem. Right. Even presenting solutions is another way better than just presenting the problems. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. So to the to the remote nature. Uh, yeah. I, uh, so yeah. I think I think when it comes to remote uh, relationships, uh, that's a, that's a, uh, I think. A, to a topic on its own. Um, I think remote work is becoming more and more popular. Even I mean, within one location, right? Uh, companies are uh, trying to provide 
employees with more flexibility, even without, uh, even within one location, people are working from home. And uh, so that that brings a certain set of, of challenges. But then the, the other level is uh, when those people are located in a different geographical uh, location, when they are located eventually in a different time zone uh, or across uh, several, um, or in the distance of, of several uh, several time zones, uh, so the time zone difference is a, is a big uh, big one. And then obviously that can bring cultural differences too, because you are working across states, across uh, across different uh, different cultures. So uh, I mean, looking at those, uh, I think your your question was uh, to the to the remote. And, I mean, to the remote nature of the of the relationship in sense of uh, in sense of time zones. What was it? Uh, did I follow the question well? Yes, absolutely. So, when you are working remote, like you had mentioned, there are definitely some challenges or some opportunities within that. But time zones add some additional complexity and trying to figure out how to find. I think what some have called the golden hours, right, where everyone's it within certain times that work for everyone so that it's not always, you know, really, really early or really late and things like that, you know, finding ways to collaborate and just some tips for some of the time zone challenges that do pop up. Yes. Yeah. So in, in our industry, so we, we do software development and software testing. Uh, we always work as part of a team. Uh, and uh, so the, the, the instant um, the, the collaboration or the, or the ability to respond, the ability to collaborate uh, on fly uh, is, is important. Um, I'm sure there are industries where you don't have to work uh, together that closely or where you have a, a deliverable that is well-defined. So anyone who you know, can, can deliver it uh, at any time, but in our case, we need to collaborate with people who are located in a in a different time zone. And uh, um, I mean, relying just on the tools, relying just on email, relying just on on chat, I think can make the communication uh, quite complicated. I find it very important that people uh, have the, have the chance to uh, to talk to each other. Um, so, so there is some overlap uh, between uh, between the work times of two locations if they are uh, if they are working in in distant time zones. That's that's one of the I, I think one of the challenges of, of working over time zones or in the distance of several time zones. And and I think it it's definitely good if, if there is an overlap. If people have a chance to talk. You know, there's also real opportunities in that you know, with different time zones in that while you can collaborate and set the stage, one team can be working and then the next team can be off and then they have, you know, can move things, it can actually speed things up if it is in sync, right? Uh, that's correct, that's correct. It, it, it has some benefits too, uh, exactly. Like for example, software developers might be working uh, during the day and uh, and the QA team might work uh, during during the, their night and get uh, so developers would get the results 
by the time they come to, come to work. So so there 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 are definitely uh, benefits in uh, some benefits in working remotely, uh, but there are limitations too. And 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 the fact that you I mean you if you if you cannot talk uh, to each other if you cannot talk to to your team members that's uh, that could be one of those one of those limitations. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's always nice when you work in an office and you have a quick, quick question, you can just walk right over and tap someone on the shoulder and ask for some help or engage with them on a dialogue. That's sometimes missing in this relationship. So what are some ways, what are some ways that you can compensate for that? Really knowing that you can, you know, get that relationship up and you can also immediately get some answers and absolutely uh, that, that that's a challenge too so even if you are working working in the same geographical location so it happens to me uh you know uh a colleague of mine an engineer of ours is working on a technical task or he needs help from another uh engineer who is who happens to work from home on that day and so I just walk to to our to to the engineer who is in the office, and I ask him, "Hey, could you uh, please help me with um, you know there is a task I I would like to ask you to work on and, and and figure it out?" And he says, "Okay, I I can work on it, but I need the help of my colleague who is working from home. So let me wait, you know, until tomorrow when he's he's in the office, and I'm going to talk to him tomorrow." So. Uh, we are providing people that the opportunity to work from home, so they so they are more flexible. But at the, at the same time, people may perceive that as as a limitation. So they actually don't talk; they are just waiting for each other. And maybe the colleague who was meant to come in next day maybe is sick, uh, and the third day the first colleague is going to be working from home. So uh, so yes, if if people are not working consciously. Uh, with the fact that they uh, need to do some extra steps uh, to make the relationship, the remote relationship effective, uh, it will bring all sorts of uh, limitations. And people may have different uh, different reasons why they don't talk to colleagues who are at home on the, on the day. One of them may be, uh, you know, they just want to draw something, that they want to use a drawing uh, to demonstrate something to the colleague uh, to make it more effective. And I think for that, I mean, there are tools for that. In some cases, they just don't feel comfortable, uh, you know, if they are in an open space and they have to talk for an hour because it's a complex topic. They just don't feel comfortable uh, uh, speaking in an open open space because that would be disturbing their colleagues. So I think in in that case, it's good if there if, if there are rooms uh, in the company, meeting rooms or uh, or, uh, for example, meeting rooms where people can walk over and, and do their call without the feeling of, of disturbing uh, other people. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that uh, there are there are limitations of the of the kind that that, that uh, you referred to, and and I think uh, people just have to work consciously uh, with the fact that they are working uh, that they are working remotely. One of the things I find when people work with teams remotely is they sometimes 
forget that they're really part of the team and by and the most important part is really to keeping them motivated and having them really feel engaged and being part of something is 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 just sharing you know the vision and all the things that are really kind of part of the direction of the company and what have you found as far as you know keeping everyone you know really motivated and connected to the the companies that they work with what are some things that they can do to just make them feel much more part of that team. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm going to come back to, to, to trust, to trust again and, and to, to the importance of relationship uh, uh, between people. It, it is very difficult to communicate the culture uh, over, uh, over the internet. Mm, the way we are approaching it is uh, so usually when people join join us uh, in uh, at Profique, they uh, they start working just from the office. So so they work full time from the office for about three to six months, uh, and uh, so after after those three to six months uh, they uh, they start working from home and and that goes step by step so they work from home one day uh first and then uh two days in a week uh and then we typically would want people to meet uh to meet in the office for for the remaining days in the week so so everyone works uh two days or can work up to two days from home and work three days uh, from the office. So, so there is a time when people meet uh, and there is a natural, um, uh, the, the, the culture and values uh, are just communicated naturally, uh, not, not explicitly by, by, by communicating them. Mm. And then there we have people who, who are remote uh, and who work for five days uh, from home. Uh, so uh, that, that is becoming more difficult or our customers are in the United States and so they still uh, would like us to be well aligned, uh, aligned with them. So mm, I, uh, the thing I find important is really uh, I mean the in interview process, the the way uh, you choose people and the people you choose, uh, and uh, so I think this is something you can influence at, at the start. It is it is very difficult to uh, I think make someone to be a you know a, a very good communicator uh, if uh, over time. If the person is naturally not a, not a good communicator, I mean, you can teach people to speak uh, speak English, but if people don't feel comfortable speaking uh, and be active in speaking, uh, I mean, that's that's also something that, that you can work on the long long run. But there are just certain certain aspects that uh, that are very difficult to uh, to to teach or to coach people for. Uh, so I think. Um, uh, the interview process, your selection process at the start, is is the place where you can influence uh, influence the most. Um, you know uh, how whether your people will be adaptable, whether your people will be uh, able to adapt to the to the culture your uh, your customers have. And uh, other than that, uh, I mean, I'm we are supporting we are supporting uh, travels. 
for the sake of, of, of uh, building, maintaining, keeping, improving relationships with customers. Uh, nothing can really replace the, 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 the personal experience. So that's actually very interesting. So you do try to get people to have real physical, personal relationships versus just the remote relationships as a part of the longer relation, the bigger relationship, right? Yes, yes. Most of the most of the time, it happens naturally. So, so in in some cases, uh, customers just um, ask us to come because there is a project task, for example, uh, that is better to be worked on uh, locally. So it, it 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 happens that someone just has to fly to a location, spend there one week or two weeks uh, together with a team uh, to work on a task, and that's that's an ideal scenario. Uh, uh, the person goes there and work, works together with the team, comes back and, and uh, builds the, the personal relationship while uh, while working. So that's an ideal. And and in in some cases, we just don't uh, get those project uh, needs or project requirements that that someone travels. And in those cases, we consciously uh, uh, I mean plan for for our people to. To travel to those locations and obviously we, we try to do it in a way that they uh, do some meaningful work that they don't don't, don't just go there to uh, just to socialize uh, or just to cause interruption to the regular operations of uh, on the customer side uh, we're trying to make the, the stay productive uh, but we but we consciously consciously uh, plan plan travels so people can meet Excellent. Do you have any other um, thoughts on this topic? Anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't on on just some ways to work more effectively with remote international teams? Uh, I mean, I think whatever you can do to to be to communicate actively is 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 a great uh, great thing. Uh, one thing that came to my mind is is the the way people choose priorities. So it's often. Uh, People often uh, prefer to work on, on on tasks or requests that they get locally. So sometimes, I mean, a manager could send an email to a person to a remote location and a high priority task. So that person in the remote location should be working on this priority and be focused, focused and, and ideally do nothing else. But then a colleague who just sits next to that person comes uh, with a request, hey, could you explain to me how this and this works? And now that person, instead of working on that priority that is sitting in the email, uh, uh, starts explaining uh, a thing to, to, to the colleague. And that thing may take, you know, even, even a couple of hours. Um, so it is good to be aware uh, of the fact that whether you want or not, uh, local uh, requests will sometimes take priorities. So I think it's uh, it's good to have, for example, an experienced person like a lead uh, on site, uh, a person who is aware of those issues uh, that this can happen and, and who helps making sure or helps coaching more junior people and who helps to make uh, make sure that that uh, you know that the work that is being done is actually following the priorities, no matter whether uh, you know 
know, that the priority was set by a remote manager or by, by a local manager. Mm, that's good advice. Absolutely. So if someone would like to get in touch with you or learn more about what Profic does, what's the best way for them to reach out? Uh, well, probably uh, probably my LinkedIn profile. I, 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 I didn't think about this. Uh, so my name is Gabor Puhal and I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, I'm happy to get in touch if uh, anyone is interested in uh, having a discussion about the topic of, of remote work or maybe other topics that uh, I'm writing about on, uh, on LinkedIn, or just, uh, uh, or, or if anyone is interested in uh, talking about engineering services, uh, development and, and, and testing provided from uh, Central Europe, from the Czech Republic, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn too. But anything else works. If you visit our, uh, our website and uh, use the little form in the bottom of that website or if you just uh, write me an email based on the email uh, that is that is on the website uh, and or, or give me a call uh, I would be happy to to follow up excellent we'll put these resources on with the, the podcast information as well Gabor I want to thank you very much for joining us today and make sure to tune in next time and visit our website at globig.co for your online international expansion headquarters where you'll find an abundance of free resources training and introductions to the very best experts around the world this is Anka Corbin go global and go big <laughs>